Welcome to the Superhost Unveiled podcast, where a small family created a thriving vacation rental business in the heart of the White Mountains. Founded by husband and wife duo Peter and Julia Plord, with the help of their business-savvy daughter Hannah, Peter was able to leave his full-time job and move him and his wife to their dream location. Together, we'll discuss the secrets of building a successful vacation rental business and beyond. Pack your bags, let's check in for the journey of your life. Here are your super hosts, Hannah and Peter Plord. Whether you are just creating a vacation rental or you have one established already, you might be wondering how to create the perfect house manual. Well, in today's episode of Superhost Unveil, we'll be talking all about what the perfect house manual has in it, how you can format it, and where it should be in your guest experience. I'm really excited for this episode. I'm here with both my parents. Hello, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and I'm one of your co-hosts, Hannah. Um, so why don't we start off by just saying how we have ours? So from pretty much the very beginning, you're not even paying attention. Yes. Um, I totally am paying attention. We used a digital guidebook so that we could easily update it from our computer and not have to reprint things and do all that stuff. Um, so we used hostfully.com to uh, use our guidebook. Um, and that was for all of our properties. And we use it for all of our properties that we manage now as well. But there are many different ways to have a house manual for your guests. Um, let's first start by saying why it's important to have a house manual. It's it's I find it amazing, but people like there's you know thermostats these days are very simple but you still get that call the actual phone call instead of just messaging us but they actually call and say i can't figure out how to turn the heat on when it's literally just a dial that you turn to the temperature you'd like or you know you get the question all the time of i can't figure out how to turn the tv on that's the biggest one yeah um all those things that you take for granted because you live in your house and you know how to use these things that people just, I don't know if they've never used them before or what, but they have difficulties with it. Yeah. So not only solving those problems so the guests can do it independently without you, but the house manual also can get guests excited for their trip if you're using a digital guidebook. Um, But it also can get guests excited for their trip once they're in the house. So they get into the house and there's a booklet of all the things they can do and everything they should expect in their their trip. And it really adds some excitement to their vacation or getaway. Yeah, I feel like a hard copy in the house is good because the, the whole premise behind Airbnbs or short-term rentals, whatever you want to call them, being in someone's home is that they kind of want to live like a local. So they don't want to necessarily look through you know, tourist pamphlets, they want the person who they see as the local telling them what their favorite things are. Yeah. And we'll get to this, but that's why I think it's really important to include some like anecdotes from your personal experience and your favorite places and um, like really just talking about your experience in the area. Yeah. I'll just add, it also gives them like a sense of confidence in the host and in the process 
if they know like it just makes you look very organized and on top of things and i know like we just flew to the outer banks and she was so good with communication and kind of leading us through the check-in and knowing exactly how that was going to go and it takes a lot of you know people unless they're like you know staying in a lot of airbnbs or a lot of verbos or a lot of home away from homes that they they they're not they, they do have a sense of anxiety going to a stranger's house. So I think it's important to have all of these details given to them in advance and then back that up with an in-house manual. Um, I think even though we have a digital one, that in-house manual is used and it's very important too. Yeah. So let's get into the formatting because there are a couple of different options you can do. So first and foremost, we use a digital guidebook. So there are a couple of different ways you can do this that we know of. There are probably more. Um, there's two different websites, hostfully.com and touchstay.com, I believe is what they are. They both have digital guidebooks that you can update with a click of a button. You don't have to worry about it getting damaged or things spilt on it or having to update it manually. Well, you do, but you don't have to reprint things and relaminate all that. Um, so those can be really convenient if you're not going into your property every single day. You can also do this kind of manually through your website if you have a website. So you can host it on your website. That will take some more effort because Hostfully and Touchstay and these platforms are designed to have digital guidebooks. So they already have the layout. They already have the ease of use. Um, but you can certainly get around that using your website. Then, of course, you can use the printed version. So having a laminated guide in a three-ring binder or a portfolio. Um, one thing that's really important with this, and we just had an issue with this is making sure it's updated. So we just had a guest message us saying, well, I see this in your, your book that you had this listed as an amenity or a linen or whatever it was. And I don't see it in the house. What's going on with that? So the problem with printed ones is that one, it gets damaged, but also you need to always make sure you update it. Even if it's like a really minor rule change, you're going to have to go in and change that. Um, so making sure you're aware of that. Completely agree. Cool. So <laughs> if you're using a, well, if you're using a digital guidebook, when should the guest get that? Yeah, I've kind of just recently changed that. I was, I was sending it like 10 days before they arrive. Now I do it two days after they, uh, they, they get their confirmation of, of the booking. So I've had, I was having a lot of guests say, you know, questions about check-in or a Wi-Fi or whatever, um, random questions about just their trip. So I figured let's get it to them sooner. And I feel like since we've done that, get, get that information into their hands, um, it's really helped. It's dropped the questions. And I think questions are really a good indicator of something that's potentially missing in your communication sequence, yeah. <clears throat> you know, so um, we send it out 20, like 48 hours after they book. Cool. And then you also send reminder ones as well, right? With the link. Yeah, they get the link in 48 hours and then they get a reminder with the link, like I think a week, a week out from yeah. them coming in. Um, yeah. So the guidebook not only gives you those rules and how to check in, how to use a TV remote and everything like mom said, but it also gives places to visit and see. And I know we are getting a lot of questions about like, what are things to do in the area? And we're like, Google exists. We didn't actually say that, but that's our thought every single time. 
but this guidebook puts it all in a beautiful display for the guests to peruse and decide what they're going to do and see our feedback. So it definitely does make a difference. And we've gotten less questions about that. So that's good. Um, as for the printed, where would you keep this in the house so that the guests can see it as soon as they walk in? I like to put it either on like a hall table or a coffee table somewhere where they're going to see it and it's not, I don't necessarily would, I wouldn't put it like on a kitchen counter because I feel like kitchens get everyone, they come in with their groceries and it, they put it on top of the book and something gets filled on it or it's always in the way and people will move it right away and throw it in a drawer and then you'll yeah. never, never see it. So like a coffee table, cause they're sitting on the couch, they're watching TV and they're like, Oh, look at this, a book. And they look through it. Yeah, I agree. I only know of two homes that I've been in recently that have guidebooks and one is in the hallway with um, like the other welcome stuff, with all the touristy pamphlets. And then the other one is right like when you walk in the door on the coffee table. So I agree with that. Um, so there are a couple different ways if you wanted to create your own host or host house manual, which you will be if you're listening to this episode. And this is this goes for digital or uh, I'm sorry, this goes for printed um, or if you wanted to host it on your website. So if you want it completely digital, Hostfully or Touchday or other platforms like that will help you build it. But if you want to do this old school, print it out, laminate it all yourself, there are a couple of different ways you can do this for free. Um, so Google Docs is a great platform to use to build your um, host house manual. You can also use Microsoft Word, um, P like do a PDF on Adobe. Um, and then there's also this website called canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. That's a free website where you can build PDFs, but it's built for graphic designers. So you can really use elements in their program to make it more eye-catching and appealing and cohesive. Um, it's also easier to navigate than Google Docs and Microsoft Word, in my opinion. All right, so let's get on to the features included in your house manual. Why don't one of you take it away? Well, the, at the top of our list is is our house rules, um, which you also can include if you're hosting in an Air, Airbnb. Um, you can put that in their website. Uh, we we send it. We basically how our software works is we basically send it out inside of our guidebook. So inside of our guidebook is our rules, which is like no smoking, no parties, what the minimum age group it, you know, limit is, all of that stuff that goes into a house rule. And I think actually that should probably be another episode where we go through our house rules in detail. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like the first on the list is making sure they understand that. And, and it's not necessarily the first page of our guidebook, you know, it's in the guidebook. I'm just bringing this one up first because it's on the top of our list on this yeah. outline. Then we have how to check in. Um, kind of straightforward until a new listing that we just got. You want to talk about that real quick? And we don't Maybe. know if this is going to work or well, not. But. And, well, so the how to check in also doesn't really help them if they're already in the house looking at the manual. But um. <laughs> True. That's that's for digital. <laughs> digital, yeah. Because if they're already inside sitting on the couch, then. But you can build that into 
your Airbnb listing too. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way to do it on Verbo um, as well. So go ahead. Sorry, cut you off. Um, no, we're talking about what the new property with the, yeah. So we have people that came to us with an issue that they just bought a brand new condo in a condo complex that assured them um, because the condo complex will rent, they have a rental program so they can put your condo into their rental program and they take a huge percentage or no problem at all. You can rent it on your own. It's not a big deal. They don't mind. So the people went ahead and bought the condo um, and then come to find out that because in each common door, there is four condos. Um, you're not allowed to um, put a, a uh, lockbox for a key of any kind. So you need one key to get in the main door that's for four condos. And then obviously you need a key to get in your own personal condo. But outside of that common door, you are not allowed in any way to put any sort of lockbox, no key, nothing. You can't, and they'll come and they'll, you know, send you a fine or whatever, and they'll remove the key box and you'll get in big trouble. And so they neglected to tell them that before they bought it. So then these people contacted us and said, like, any ideas? And we, all four of us, sat for a very long time trying to figure out how to get these people a key. And not even that, but, like, how to get our cleaners a key to that common door. And I feel like it's going to be a nightmare, but <laughs> we don't, we actually don't live that far from this condo complex. So the only solution we came up with was to put a lockbox actually on our fence um, we haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm picturing a lockbox, maybe a little sign laminated and like a little solar light in case they're coming in at night. Um, so they can come get the key off of our fence. Um, so that's, you know, it, I mean, obviously not inside a laminated binder inside the condo, but definitely need very specific, instructions for anyone who's renting this condo and people might be like that's really strange i have to drive to this weird location and well i mean like a scavenger hunt we can some be other like places have like a like a office like or, an office i know or we've like done a, that or we had to go but it was like an off like it was a, a property management company yeah with and this is just some random house right with a right, lockbox right. on their fence yeah yeah, that is, it's going to be hard. And I'm also slightly worried about cars, like, pulling in and out of our driveway all the time. But hopefully it's just they come in to get the key. And then our solution is that they're just going to leave the keys inside the condo because we're going to have a master key. Um, but then I worry about, like, you know, they lock all the keys inside. They come out and then their kid says, I left my right. teddy bear inside. Yeah. And then they're, they don't have a key to get back inside. So I don't know. We haven't. It hasn't started yet. So we'll we'll update you and let you know how it goes. <laughs> the listing is live as of this morning. So oh, um, oh, we don't have a key yet. I mean, I have keys. <laughs> the other option would be to like have to meet someone there. Well, yeah, I yeah. was thinking if like I was thinking of saying like if you're checking in between four and five o'clock, then let us know and we can meet you there. Other than that, yeah. Um, other than that, you're going to have to come to the random fence and get your own key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky one for sure. Um, but having check-in and check-out instructions are really important. Even you think you don't have to say things, but you do. Like, 
I know we just started saying you have to strip the beds, but I think we need to go step for- further and say how to strip the beds. Um, cause like I've had multiple guests just throw the comforter on the ground and do nothing else. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> and, and the other direction is we've had people completely strip the mattress protector. Yeah, like, I have. Yeah, I've had that too. That's like happened. completely zipped all four sides of this, all sides of the mattress completely. Yeah. But then they go and they unzip it and they pull the whole thing off the mattress. And I'm like, oh god. So let's talk about why we want them to strip the beds. Answer that question. Because it saves a little bit of time for the cleaners. It also because it we tell people to strip used beds. Um, sometimes it looks like maybe no one has slept in a bed. Um, but it's, sometimes it's really hard to tell because some people are very neat and they, when they get out of bed, they remake the yeah. bed and it's hard to tell if someone's actually slept there or not. So I always err on the side of caution. And so I strip it anyways, but then I always wonder like, am I wasting my time stripping and washing a clean bed? But to give the guests the instructions that you're going to strip any of the used beds, um, then we know exactly which beds have been slept in. And I think to drive this point home is a story that we were told from an owner who had a property next to his house. We, we managed his property up here and he has another property. And what happened one time was a bed was remade. It looked completely clean. And the cleaner was like, oh, they didn't sleep in this bed. I'm good. I never, she never checked it. I think another round of guests came in, but they weren't, they didn't need that bedroom. So they never slept in it. And then finally another round of guests came in and they needed that bed. And in the middle of the night, the guest flipped the pillow over for the cool side and it was covered in throw up. Oh, yeah. Which I don't know why or how that didn't smell. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that was a problem. Oh, yeah. Which, well, we, we've had guests that will like strip the bed, but remake the comforter. Oh, yeah. And so like I now, no matter what, if the bed looks made, I at least pull up the comforter. Is the sides tucked in? Yes. Okay. Is there any hairs on it? Does it look like it was, you know, I, I really scrutinize it now because I, I have cleaned an entire house myself. I'm doing a final walkthrough. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I look at this bed? And I'm, I'm about to walk out the door and the bed is not, it doesn't have any sheets on it, but they remade it. It's so frustrating. They'll like place the pillows in perfect yes. order too. And you're like, why would you do that? Yes. Anyways, had that happen to me too. we got on a tangent. So I think the the tangent there was you need to be really, really straightforward. And that includes in your messaging, but also in your house manual. Um, so other things you can include in your house manual is the TV remote instructions. Um, we have, I don't know if you still have it after you did the deep clean, but one of our properties, they have like a, a literal laminated piece of paper that has like photos of each remote and it labels like which buttons do what mm-hmm. um, and beach nut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like that just goes to show you have to be so, so clear, like having pictures and labeling them. That's yeah, just going to be helpful. The labels don't always help, though, because we we manage a house that um, it, they went and labeled every single light switch. Yeah. Um, and very straightforward. Like this is the basement light. This is the kitchen light. This is the hallway light. Um, one of them is labeled living room light. Um, and we've gotten several people asking us like, how do you turn on the living room light? And I've really had to say like, go to the light switch that's labeled living room light. (laughs) So I I mean, I guess 
Yeah, you try your best to cover everything, but still, it's like sometimes you shake your head. Like, really, you, you messaged me asking me that question. Yeah, well, that that again is like if you're getting the same questions over and over again, it shows a weakness in your system that you need the to light fix. switch is labeled. Hannah. I know, I know, <laughs> but maybe you need to have a second, you know, stream of words somewhere. Um, so other things you can do is like how to use the fireplace. So whether it's an electric fireplace or a wood burning stove, you need to make sure you have careful instructions about that, making sure and they things don't like also leave it on. People and, always ask us, um, do we supply wood for like yeah. fire pits or wood stoves or fireplaces? And it's yeah. good to say we do not normally, we don't supply wood, but also it's a good thing to tell people like where they can get wood. Cause that's always the next question is where can I go buy wood? Yeah, and I know where we are, and uh, this is just, I have an environmental science major, so this is goes for everywhere, but you should never transport wood, so making sure you tell the guests that as well, so you don't spread disease and Bugs tree infection, and stuff, yeah, because yeah. um, you'd be surprised, not a lot of people know that, they'd be like, oh, I'll just bring it from home, and then they just introduced an invasive species, Um so and then we have anything house specific that would need instructions. So like a really tricky thermostat or like a weird cabinet or a really easy thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anything that, you know, you get questions about frequently and you're sick of answering them. Or if you know, like, hey, this button on my washing machine sticks or you need to jiggle it before you do that, then anything like that is really helpful because... Otherwise, you're going to be getting lots of questions about it. Or people also sometimes get afraid that, like, possibly they broke something. Or, right, right. Yeah. And if you tell them ahead of time, like, we know it sticks and, you know, you just got to jiggle it or whatever, then it kind of gives them some relief that they didn't break something. Next, we have Wi-Fi. So that can be in your house manual, but... It's also important to have that like ahead of time if you don't have Wi-Fi or cell service or if you don't have cell service in the area, like giving your guests the Wi-Fi ahead of time would be helpful. Um, also, like you can put this in their Airbnb and probably VRBO um, so they get that ahead of time. Make sure your Wi-Fi is updated, though, because I recently just stayed in Airbnb and she was like, we don't have any service. Make sure you log into the Wi-Fi before you get to the house or else you'll get lost. And I, we couldn't get on for the stuff she provided because it was wrong. <laughs> so um, it ended up being fine. But just make sure that's just goes to show it's really important to keep things updated. Um, make sure you have things like trash instructions and parking instructions and um, literally any instructions. The more instructions, the better, I think, is the moral of this episode. Um, now we can get into like the fun stuff of the house manual, which is like local attractions, your favorite restaurants, family friendly places for kids or, you know, not so family friendly places for the couple that doesn't want to be around children. Um, why are these things important to include in your house manual? I mean, one thing that I think that we're not doing a good job of is giving back to our local community. Uh, I feel like because we are so, you know, grew so fast and just basically even building out our own systems, um, this is something that's on the top of my mind right now is basically, you know, I'll give you an example. We went up, when we went away to the Outer Banks, the owner was a restaurant tour, like he had his own restaurant. He's had it forever. Probably was had the restaurant way before he had this Airbnb and his co-host, I think their boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm not sure exactly. Um, but 
in their in their communication with us was a coupon to go use at a local restaurant that they own. Uh, and it didn't say like, I'm the owner of this restaurant. It just was basically, hey, check out this local restaurant. It's really good. And they gave like some menu options and when live music was playing and that kind of thing. And me and mom went and it was really good. And we yeah. had a good night out. And I forget what we got. Was it a $5 off or I don't exactly remember the amount, $10. maybe $10 off. So in my mind, like, I think these are things that we could do here to help local restaurants, you know? Yeah. Um, Richard and I used to go to a Airbnb in Troy, New York, when we were like living separately in the summer and we went to visit each other and they lived above a bar and they got you, you got a free beer. If you stayed there, each guest got a free beer of legal drinking age, obviously. Um, but it, yeah, it, it kind of forced us to leave the room because it wasn't like a huge Airbnb. It was just a single room with a mini fridge and the microwave and stuff and a bathroom. Uh, but it forced us to leave the room and like sit with locals and, you know, talk to them about their experience in the area. And they were all like really eager to talk to us. And the bar owner also was like, oh, my gosh, she stayed. And she told us all about the history of the house we were living in because there's this old, this, this old Victorian. There used to be a dentist's office and they have like old dental chairs and stuff. It was really cool. But we would have never gotten that if we honestly you couldn't even really tell that there was a bar down there, um, except we got that coupon, which was cool. That is cool. That is and really I know, cool. um, what was her name? Daniela. She, she like partners with some local restaurants, right? Who? Daniela. Well, I don't know. Of Baker Vibes? Baker Vibes? Vibes? Yeah, yeah. Baker Vibes. Yeah. I don't remember if she does or not. I think she said she did like a couple of giveaways to yeah, drive giveaways. marketing for yeah. her. I mean, I, I've, I've thought a lot about, you know, could we do a dollar per stay goes to the Humane Society, you know, oh, like yeah. stuff like, like that. Um, I like that. So we need, you know, it's just like the new evolution of like where we're going. And I think it's important for, I think it's important for anyone that manages a vacation rental company to really embrace the community, uh, which sometimes can be difficult because so important. Why? Because <laughs> I don't know about everywhere, but I, you know, a lot of locals have this perception of a, they call them Airbnbs and air quotes when it's really been a vacation rental and, you know, spot for way before any of those companies were, were here. They just, you know, so I think it's important, whatever you can do to contribute to the local um vibe community. yeah community um and make a positive difference uh the better you know so i think that's something that and the problem sometimes is is that you're fractured as a group you know so you have like 500 rentals in this market all individually owned you know yeah we manage a small percentage of those and so does someone else manage a small percentage and then you might have a nationwide company that doesn't even have anyone out here managing another percentage so it's but it's all fractured and it would be really and I, I don't really feel like there's you know like this cutthroat competition and i've talked to a few lo local um management company owners and it's kind of nice to be able to talk to someone who's in the business that can that you can just maybe vent to or bounce ideas off of so to that line of thought i think it's important I think if we could come out somehow come together 
and say, all right, we're going to contribute in this way to the local community. Could be, a, you know, could be, I don't know, pound of coffee at, what's that place called that I like? Frontside. Frontside, Frontside. you know. Yeah, that community is really, really important. Um, I'd also just, like we were saying earlier, it gives people things to do. And when you can tie in like, this is our favorite restaurant to go in because they have live music and this specific waitress is really great or something like that. Um, or, you know, saying like my family has gone to the ski mountain every single year and we, we have so many memories there. It gets people excited to bring their family there and to do that as well. Because like we said at the beginning of the episode, people specifically are choosing short term rentals as a place to vacation instead of a hotel because they want that like locals, locals knowing local vibe feel feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is going to just continue to grow. You know, like I don't, I don't use taxis anymore. When I travel, I use Uber or Lyft, you know, like I would have never thought 10 years ago that that would even be an a thing, you know, and I think now quite, and I'm not saying hotels have their place. Like, for example, mom and I stayed in a hotel before we flew out, you know, because it's right near the Portland main airport. And we're going to probably do it again because that in that situation makes sense. But to come visit an area where you're going to come and ski or hike or go to Storyland or do things and you're going to bring maybe more than one family uh, I think, I think Airbnbs, vacation rentals are going to dominate the near, you know, not only now, but, but it's going to, it's like a, I, th- I feel like it's like a giant momentum ball. that's just going to keep building up and building up and building up and, um, like generations from you know, your generations already, like thinks, thinks that way before a hotel, I would think. Right. Yeah, I do. And I think the f- next generation is going to be even more so. So those are some important features to include in your house manual that we just went over. Um, But it's also important to not just list it all, just have a list of things to go to. Um, I think having an eye for detail is super important and making things presentable. You don't have to like make a brochure or anything, but including photos simply taken from their website or whatever, um, including descriptions and why you like it and why you recommend it is really important you know, having a cohesive color scheme and font and making sure your fonts all the same size and um, type, that's all going to make it be more presentable and professional looking. Um, Anything to add, Mom? Yeah, just exactly what you said. Just make it look professional. I mean, people understand that we're regular people, but you don't want it to look like, you know, your third graders book report. It should, (laughs) it should be a little bit more professional. Yeah. Um, in, in our digital guidebook, when we recommend restaurants, we have a link that they can click on that goes right to the restaurant's website. So that's, I think, really helpful. But yeah, if you go on a hike and it's your favorite hike and you have family photos or, you know, pictures of your dog standing at the summit, um, those are great pictures to add next to it so people can see like, oh, it's dog friendly or look how beautiful that view is or, you know. Yeah. This reminded me of <laughs> that campground that we stayed on, stayed at the Cape when we were trying to make a reservation. This is just their website, but it also was kind of like their guidebook for the campground. 
their website was like literally from the 90s <laughs> and it was so hard to navigate that we didn't even know how if they were open or if they had availability nice. or how to contact them it literally took us like 10 30 minutes to figure it out and the only reason we stayed there was because we were trying to camp in april <laughs> on the cape which it's not a camping season so like that's just go that just that's why formatting and you know making it cohesive is important because you don't want someone to look at this and be like what the heck is this what am i looking at why am i looking at this you know they want to be like oh okay these are local attractions this is where i should go this is where my host recommends i'm excited you know let's check them out it, it should be enticing not confusing or weird in any way mm -hmm. any last minute thoughts i think this was a short and sweet down to the point kind of episode do you have anything i Crickets. don't i just feel, <laughs> i just feel like if you think in your if you're making your guidebook and you think oh like this is really easy to figure out then don't ever think that way because someone's not gonna be able to figure it out so put instructions for everything every possible thing because possibly yeah. think of completely yeah. agree yeah <laughs> don't take anything for granted that's for sure yeah and you have to have one but it doesn't really matter how you which way you go yeah you know, yeah it really doesn't matter free version one. is perfectly fine yeah well cool i hope this episode inspires you to make your own house manual maybe go back and update your house manual if you already have one that's not satisfactory um don't forget to check out those softwares that I mentioned earlier in the episode, if you wanted to create your own um, or any of those digital softwares, we're not being promoted by them or anything. Uh, this is just our own opinion. And make sure you also reach out to us if you have any other questions. Like we said in the last episode, we're looking for more ideas for topics. We want to hear your questions specifically, or if you're a host and you want to share your story, we want to hear your story specifically on the podcast. So go to superhostonveil.com go to contact us and send us a message and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. It was a great episode. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.